your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. What's shaking, Bills Mafia? Mike Lindsley back with you for the Pandemonium Podcast here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review all of our social media platforms. Go see builtinbuffalonews.com. Seven days a week of the content, the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. You can find that on your smartphone device as well. Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it. And uh, download, subscribe, rate, and review. You'll get new and archived episodes into the show just hit follow right there, for example, with the three buttons up on your Apple phone in the right corner, and uh, you'll hear it, man. Audio, video, content, articles, you name it, all day, every day, seven days a week covering your Buffalo Bills. So this is going to be a really fun show. I'm going to recap you know, the Bills-Dolphins game, kind of some, some, some thoughts that I had uh, in terms of how the Bills got to um, you know, the victory, which was, I thought, at one point going to be pretty dicey. Uh, it was going to be pretty challenging. Uh, to get that to get that win, uh, and then I'll talk a little bit about the upcoming Bears game. Obviously, there's a ton of weather uh, in the forecast in Chicago for Christmas Eve, so we'll see if they can get that game off and running. But uh, after that, I'm going to play you a crossover episode of my other podcast called the ML Sports Platter, where I had former Buffalo Bills Pro Bowl center Eric Wood on, who's now, of course, as many of you know, the Bills radio uh, color commentator with John Murphy. And, uh, of course, is a podcast uh, host, uh, What's Next, and he's got a brand new book out. So I had him on to talk about the book, and he gives kind of a general, uh, you know, comment or two on the Bills, how he feels about the team going into the stretch run of the season. It was recorded before the Dolphins game, but his answer probably still stays true here, uh, especially after that win over Miami. So let's get to it right here. I got some thoughts on this Miami game. Um, you know, a Saturday night type deal. It's sweet this time of year, isn't it? You don't even have to wait till Sunday to get NFL football on Saturday. You've got three games. It was a triple header. The Bills played in primetime. And this game, I had a couple different emotions going in this game, right? Number one, the Bills, I thought, when they scored uh, at the end of the first half, I thought that the Bills were really in a great position that, you know, it went from a one-point game to an eight-point game, but it was like a shift in momentum, and I just felt really good going into the second half. And then all of a sudden, the Bills just started to fall apart. I mean, Miami, the defense just was started to get gashed. We know that Mostert had a really good game on the ground, and that opened up a lot of things. And Miami adjusted at halftime, and Tua and Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, big-time passes, big-time chunk yardage, Three plays, 73 yards, 51 seconds, boom, they get a touchdown. They miss the two-point conversion. They get the ball back. Buffalo's offense sputters. Tyree Kill gets a 20-yard pass from Tua to uh, seal the deal on that drive, which was six plays, 50 yards in less than three minutes. All of a sudden, the Dolphins are up 26-21, and the Bills still cannot get anything done offensively. The ball goes back over to Miami. They get a field goal on a, on a, on a, on a drive uh, that was rather short, as you know. Uh, 29-21, and then you're like, okay, we we need a drive. And when the Bills need a drive, number 17 goes and puts his Superman cape on, and he delivers. And that's exactly what happened in this one. Okay, seven plays, 75 yards, and uh, it was under three minutes, and it was a thing of beauty. The pass to Dawson Knox was outstanding. The poise, the control, the decision-making – Josh Allen, he was getting rushed out of the pocket a lot of times, no problem. 
And oh, by the way, here's another one, okay? Here's another one. Josh Allen didn't throw picks. He didn't make bad mistakes in the red zone. He loves playing against the Miami Dolphins, and it showed yet again. And he had 381 total yards, four touchdowns. And Josh Allen, yes, I know there's 52 other players on the football field on both sides of the ball. I get it. And on special teams. I get it. But Josh Allen won this football game. And I almost feel like this was a Josh Allen return game because, as we know, you know, he's been kind of fighting that elbow since it, you know, was injured. And he's really been struggling um, on, on some short intermittent throws. He's been struggling, um, you know, with the ground game. I mean, you think about some of the, the, the plays he, you know, overthrew and underthrew uh, against the Jets and some of those throws against the Detroit Lions, uh, some of the throws against the Cleveland Browns. Um, now, look, the other part of it is, okay, he made a couple mistakes, but you're still going to get Josh Allen. And I've said it for a long time now. If you don't get the elite Josh Allen that we saw against Miami in the fourth quarter and you get the next best Josh Allen, you're going to get the guy who makes one or two mistakes, but then he's still delivering when it matters most, right? So it's it's one of two at this particular point in his career, right? There's a couple of screw-ups and he's going to deliver and still pretty much be clutch and elite, or he's just going to be totally elite, you know? And in this Miami game, I thought he was just totally elite, especially in the fourth quarter. And, you know, when you look at this team right now, uh, and of course, as we know, the Bills got the ball back and, and uh, you know, they kicked the field goal at the buzzer. I, I think that this team right now, the game management is outstanding. The game management was terrific in this game. Um, you know, working the clock down, McDermott was terrific. The adjustments that were made, um, you know, I thought I thought were, were were great. I mean, when Miami scored and it was twenty nine twenty one, you know that was that was it. You know that was it for, um, you know for for the rest of the game for them, and uh, you know the defense came up big when they had to. Um, good adjustments there by Leslie Frazier, but that key drive, that seven play seventy five yard drive, was just awesome. I mean, Allen. You know, although he did get away with one, you know, in, in a way, because he <laughs> he uh, scrambled, what, 20 uh, to the Buffalo 27 for two yards, and he fumbled, but it was recovered by Spencer Brown, I believe. And then, you know, Cook, it was a no-huddle shotgun. They started speeding up the play here. Cook right uh, to the Buffalo 43 for 16. Allen left guard uh, push there. Uh, 44 yards, um, just the unbelievable speed of, of Allen and, and his ability to run and, and, and make throws on this drive was absolutely unbelievable. You had the incomplete pass digs, of course, in this sequence, um, you know, and, and the bills got it down, uh, at that point it was first and four from the, uh, yeah, first, first and four, um, from the Miami four and the incomplete pass at digs happened. And then Allen lost the yard on a run, and then it was the pass to Dawson Knox, which was a thing of beauty. And then, and then Josh Allen goes airborne for the two-point conversion, and uh, and he gets it done. And then they get the ball back again, and uh, it's it's Bass money time, man. Bass money, you know. They get it at the 14-yard line, and they go 5:56 to close the game. 15 plays, absolutely wearing Miami down with yet another drive in the cold weather, and it was. Short pass to Davis, right? Uh, Miami did get the big sack on this one on this drive, but you know, short left again to Davis, short left to Diggs, single Terry up the middle, single Terry off the right side, 
Uh, short past Isaiah McKenzie. Singletary again. Singletary again. Singletary again. Allen incomplete to Diggs. Allen incomplete deep ball to McKenzie. Uh, but you had the penalty. So that was enforced. The Bills move it down a little bit. Um, you know, they run a few more plays. Uh, the clock management was really, really good. Uh, Singletary got that big, uh, you know, big couple of yards there. They, 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 were, they were positioning themselves perfectly. So Bass had a straight shot, straight look at it. They cleared the field off for him. They called timeouts when they needed to. Um, you know, was was really, really good stuff. Um, you know, Allen kneeling to the seven, um, you know, for minus three yards. And then, you know, Buffalo calls a timeout with two seconds to go. And then Tyler Bass makes the kick. And, you know, it was it was Buffalo outplaying Miami big time when it mattered most. And this team right now is 11-3. and three. They are in the driver's seat. The Chiefs should have lost to the Texans. That would have been nice. Uh, but they're in the driver's seat right now. They have arguably the best player in the NFL in Josh Allen. The ground game is there. I know that Allen led them in rushing uh, in this game, which we don't. most of us don't want to see because we don't want him to take all those extra hits. But even if he didn't run for one yard, Singletary and Cook still delivered 76 yards, which was, you know, pretty good between the two of those guys um you know and they and they've done more than that here you know in, in, in lately uh the passing game has is starting to really I thought some of the play calling by Dorsey was okay um and then at other times I thought it was atrocious and it was just a matter of okay Josh Allen's gonna have to just make something happen here and he did every time basically um but the offense when Dorsey is calling the right plays and the sequences are going fine and guys are in motion and guys are getting going uh, and, and, and helping each other get open, this was a perfect game. I mean, Dawson Knox had an outstanding game in this one, six catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. His blocking continues to be terrific downfield on the run, terrific downfield on the pass. And then you've got Stephon Diggs, you've got Gabe Davis, Devin Singletary, Isaiah McKenzie, Quentin Morris even got in the action, man. He caught one pass for 14 yards and a touchdown. Naheem Hines caught a pass for 10 yards uh, and, and one catch, one touchdown. Uh, James Cook had a touchdown catch. Cole Beasley had only one catch in this game, but I think it was just kind of his, you know, almost his reintroduction into the Bills offense to see where they could find him. But everybody really got into the action off the passing game, and that's a great thing. Uh, I thought the Bills' defense, again, they were getting gashed in the third, they were getting exposed, and then they tightened things up. They had great adjustments, and I really, really, really was impressed with the usual suspects, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Jordan Poyer. Their tackling ability was absolutely outstanding. Shaq Lawson was fantastic in this game, ferocious. Kyer Elam was actually really good in this game, which has to make you wonder here. Christian Benford is close to coming off the IR. Do you look at you know Kyer Elam now all of a sudden and go, maybe he's CB2, right, at this particular point. He does play a physical brand of football. Um, he played a lot of man-to-man -man in college. The Bills, as we know, have played tons of zone, but now they're mixing in some man when Elam is in there. Uh, they go man, they go zone, they go zone, they go man. It all kind of depends on the team they're also playing. Um, you know, I thought the Bills were going to be able to do an equal or even better number on the Miami, D, uh, Miami offense uh, from all the film that was out there uh, with the Chargers and 49ers losses that Miami had where they really took away some of those gaps and, and they used some physical push and, and, and took away lanes, um, you know, the intermittent throws. They, they just could not connect on enough of those in those games. Um, but Miami started to, right, and Buffalo kind of floundered a little bit defensively, and then, boom, they adjusted. 
and off you go. The Bills get a win 32-29. to They are still in the driver's seat. They have now become a dominant team at home. They only have one blemish on the schedule at home. It was the loss of the Vikings, a game they should have won. Uh, but we could sit here and say that the Bills should have won all three of their losses at this particular point, right? I mean, my God, this team, uh, they, 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 they lost against Miami in Week 2. Um, you know, in, in, or week three, and it was a game where they basically dominated um, the entire way. They dominated in most statistical categories, and it was just the way the cookie crumbled, and they lost the game. Um, you know, we're talking about beating, before we knew the Rams were this bad, beating the Super Bowl champs on, on the opening night, right? Beating the Titans, a, a team that has been a problem for them in the past in week two, blowing them out, Right coming back and beating the Ravens on the road, blowing out the Steelers, beating the Chiefs on the road, beating the Packers in a nip and tuck, and then things started to fall, you know, that last two quarters with Green Bay, and then the Jets game, they, they still should have won the Jets game, the Viking game should have won that game, you know, and then they've won now five in a row, and they've done it in closer fa fashion, you know, eight points over the Browns, three points over the Lions, 14 points over the Pats, that was the most dominating game, I thought, in the five-run uh, game run here, uh, and then you had the Jets 20 to 12 and then 32 29 over Miami. So they're winning close, closer, close, close, close games. Um, this is a team that right now I think can win in a bunch of different ways, which is a good thing. They're protecting home field. Josh Allen may be here. Looks like he's back uh, after that game against Miami. Um, you know, from all of the challenges with the elbow and all that. Um, you know, the Bills got through a game, you know, two, two games in five days and, and three games in 12 days. Uh, with the whole Detroit fiasco and the weather and all that sort of thing. So the adversity has been piling up on this team the last four or five weeks, and they have delivered with the most important thing, which is the victory. Sometimes it's looked ugly. Sometimes it's looked brutal. Sometimes it's tough to watch. But they have fought through you know, on all phases, all three phases of the game, and that has created the Bills to, uh, you know, to, to get right to the top of the AFC and uh, they only have a few games left to go on this season in the NFL. It's hard to believe that we're almost done. Uh, they go at the Bears. They go at the Bengals on a Monday night game on January 2nd, and then they're home for the Patriots. The reality is with the Bears, okay, as we get set for this game, uh, they're expecting just an unbelievable uh, barrage of snow and sleet and cold and all this sort of thing. So uh, I'm recording this uh, on Tuesday for Wednesday's show. We'll see when the Bills leave, how the weather might be, what kind of crew is going to be out there in Chicago to try and clear the field uh, basically every hour um, and, and get that thing in, 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 in you know prime position to play for sure. Um, but this is going to be, I know the Bears aren't very good. Um, they really went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Eagles, though, this past week. But the Bears, they're not a very good team. And, you know, they don't have players who can stretch the field. That was the one big difference to me against the uh, against the Eagles was, you know, the Eagles had Devontae Smith and they had A.J. Brown. And even though Hurts threw a couple of bad picks, like he was able to stretch the field basically the entire game. The Bills can stretch the field. The Bears cannot stretch the field. The Bears do not have great offensive weapons at all. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at this thing going, okay, even though that's the case, you have a hybrid, talented uh, 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 quarterback in Justin Fields and – you know what? It's a road game. The conditions are going to be brutal. Uh, just go and win, just like you have the last five games. Go get the win somehow, some way, and and then regroup. You know, get a little bit extra rest for the, the Bengal game on a Monday nighter. Then you got the Patriots at home. That should be a win. 
the Bills, you know, we're all hoping that they they win out at this particular point because I've said from the beginning that I think 14 and three is the number uh, that the Bills, um, you know, really need uh, to get home field advantage. I, I think that has been the number. Um, it could end up being 13 to four. It could, uh, but again, it's all going to kind of depend on the Kansas City Chiefs and you know what they do as well. Um, this is a football team in, in Kansas City that uh, is just you know. They won seven straight AFC West titles. This is a team that uh, you know knows how to win this time of year. They have championship head coach and Andy Reid, they have championship quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. They have a championship roster, Travis Kelsey and company. They know how to get it done this time of year, and they've got Seattle at home, Denver at home, and at Vegas. So Kansas City to me is going to run the table. So the Bills need to run the table as well if they want home field advantage. You know the rest of the way. So we'll see what happens. It would be nice to see one upset there. So then maybe there's a little bit of leeway if the Bills were to lose at Cincinnati or, God forbid, if they lost to one of the inferior opponents in terms of the uh, Bears and the Patriots. And I say that, you know, inferior type of thing because I'm not sure the Bills are better than the Bengals right now. I don't know if they're better than the Chiefs right now. I think those are the three best teams in the AFC, but I think you could shuffle them all around and pick one team over the other two and vice versa and vice versa again um, in, in one way or the other to get to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, with whatever advantage that they might have. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a, a wicked challenge against the Bears. I do like the Bills in this game, but I think I'm going to pick it really, really low scoring. I'm going to go 20-16 to 16 in this game. The Bills find a way to get it done in the elements in Chicago. And my goodness, the winners that Buffalo gets, upstate New York gets, western New York, you know, uh, Chicago winners are unbelievable as well. They don't get talked about enough probably, but holy cow. I mean, the weather that comes into Chicago on a yearly basis is absolutely ferocious as well. Most of the people talk about, I mean, I have a lot of friends in Illinois. I have a few friends in Chicago, and they talk about it the same way as I talk about upstate New York. Man, I love summers here, made October. Boy, it's a great time, and da-da-da. But, man, the winter just kills me, and it's just too long. So we'll see what happens. We'll see when the bills leave. We'll see how the schedule lines up. But right now, I'm going to turn it over to my crossover interview with Eric Wood, the former Buffalo Bills Pro Bowl center, joined the show uh, on the ML Sports Platter, my other podcast, to discuss his new book and to give his take on the Buffalo Bills for the stretch run. So let's have it here. Here is the Buffalo Bills radio color commentator, author, podcast host, and a former Buffalo Bills star and Pro Bowler in his own right, the terrific and great Eric Wood. Let's bring him in. So accomplished, this guy, man. He's a former Pro Bowl center for the Buffalo Bills. He is currently the radio color commentator uh, for the Bills Radio Network. And, of course, his podcast is sensational. It's called What's Next with Eric Wood. But we're bringing him on here because he's got a brand-new book out. It's called Tackle What's Next, Own Your Story, Stack Wins, and Achieve Your Goals in Business and Life. It's uh, Eric Wood, our good buddy, and you can follow him on Twitter at ewood70 eric happy holidays thanks for coming on man i appreciate that yeah it's always a pleasure talking with you mike well look on on this book i mean what's your number one message for people when they read it yeah this is my transition out of the nfl and and there's many stories from my nfl career heck sean mcdermott did the foreword but as i transition to this next chapter and learn more about uh, being an entrepreneur and, and different investments one of which is my, my Dano seasoning, which now you can find in Western New York, which I'm super proud of. I had to make a number of different pivots in my life that apply to anybody, not just professional athletes. And so whether someone is 
graduating high school or college, whether someone's just trying to make the next chapter of their life the best yet, I feel like this book is for you. I tell you what, man, you're a five-tool guy. You know, you're a motivational speaker. You're the radio color commentator. You got the podcast host thing going on. You've got the author thing now. Uh, you know, pretty soon, a couple of years, you're going to be like a seven or eight-tool player uh, with all the unbelievable things you're doing right now. Love listening to you, uh, obviously, on on everything. Um, in the book, is is there a, is there a chapter of yours that's, that's a favorite? You know, it, it's tough to say just which one. You know, for me as a professional athlete, figuring out how to craft my own schedule and a schedule that sets me up for success, I feel uh, is big for me. But in talking about serving others and in trying to live a life of service and the benefits, the health benefits, the longevity benefits, the benefits financially, that just simply learning how to serve others. And you talk about me being a five-tool player at this point and Hopefully I stick to that, maybe even reduce some of those as time goes on. But I've had so much fun, and everything's kind of under the same umbrella of how can I serve others. And, you know, with the Bills radio broadcast, how do I make this enjoyable for all those passionate Bills fans that were so great to me throughout my career? How can I serve them? And and if that's my focus, I'm going to do my job better. And I feel like so many can benefit from that chapter and, and many of the others. The cover of the book says, own your story plus stack wins plus achieve your goals in business and life. The middle part, though, stack wins. That's something that McDermott and Allen talk about constantly with the Bills. Is stack wins, in your opinion, both a sports term here and a life term? What, what about stacking wins? How do you stack wins uh, in one or both? You know, when Josh Allen and Sean McDermott say it, I, I think they're talking about both as well. Yes, they're talking about stacking wins and and when you stack wins throughout an nfl season you set yourself up for success in the postseason and put yourself in the best position but they're also talking about stacking wins on a daily basis whether that's a practice of eating right sleeping right preparing with the playbook and in so many of those lessons from pro football can be applied to life whether it's stacking wins in your relationship with your spouse or your kids or your work or your faith life or your emotional health, whatever it may be, stacking wins on a daily basis is what it's all about. And there's tremendous momentum. Uh, Sports analogies about momentum are always used. Well, you can create incredible momentum in your own life by just stacking small wins each and every day. And that's something Sean McDermott preaches. and, And really, I probably learned it from him first. With all of your media work and your playing days and everything in between, motivational speaking, all that kind of stuff. Did it make the book, I don't want to say easy, I think writing a book's maybe the hardest thing to do out there overall, but did it make the book a little easier? You know, did it did the, the approach to it, right, tackling what's next? Was it easier because of the other things that you were doing? It just kind of flowed into, into the pages here. Yeah, the main thing that made the book easier was the podcast. Most of the book is fueled from previous podcast guests and my personal experiences. And many of the concepts and ideas from the book came from podcast guests. And when I sought out to start a podcast, it was simply about me learning along this journey out of football from people who had successfully transitioned in life. And it turned into much more and a big variety of people. And I learned so much that I just felt like I needed to pass those lessons along. What do you hope people say about the book when they're done with it? You know, the coolest thing that I've received feedback-wise is, hey, this book meant a lot to me, and it's going to help me make my next chapter in life the best one yet. But I also want to gift it to my dad, who's approaching retirement. I want to gift it to my daughter, who's about to graduate college. And kind of that that 
personal impact and then them wanting to serve others and gift it along as well has been super meaningful for me. Let me uh, sneak in a couple of Bills questions. Again, Eric Wood with us, uh, the Buffalo Bills great and the radio col- uh, color commentator on the Bills Radio Network. His new book, Go Get It Online, where books are sold and your nearby bookstores. is called Tackle What's Next, Own Your Story, Plus Stack Wins, Plus Achieve Your Goals in Business and Life. And you can follow Eric on Twitter as well, at EWood, the number 70. Uh, Bills right now, how, how confident do you feel in this group? What do you like most? What do you like least? Is, you know, hey, we're almost at the end here, and, and this is this is the part of the season now that really, really, really matters, and then it'll really, 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 really matter You know, in, in January here. How do you feel about this team, Eric? Yeah, I feel great about them. You're looking at a top-five scoring offense, a top-five scoring defense. They're one of the most balanced teams in the NFL again this year. You bring in Von Miller to kind of be that missing piece that last year you couldn't get off the field enough on third down with your four-man pass rush. You bring in Von Miller, and now he's out for the remainder of the year. Well, the last two games that the Bills have played without Vaughn, the rest of the defensive line has stepped up. Can they continue to do that? I think it's going to be one of the biggest X factors for the remainder of the year. And then also on offense, yes, you have a new offensive coordinator and people are being hypercritical of the offense as of late. And sometimes game conditions uh, can, can dictate offensive success, which I think we saw a lot of which against the Jets. But when you look at this offense, continuing to stay balanced and one week beat you with the run game one week josh may light it up through the air but i feel like right now the bills have the pieces on the offensive side of the ball to remain a top five offense number two scoring offense in the entire nfl and i really like where they sit as the number one overall seed because i have a lot of confidence that if the playoffs in the afc run through orchard park the bills will get to the super bowl this year well cole beasley's back too what do you make yes. of that? And, and yeah. one of the things I have been critical about on offense is at times in the past when they've had a Cole Beasley and even early in the season with James early in the season with James and Crowder, they had that quick option route guy. When teams run a zone defense behind a four man rush that can be effective, great defensive lineman, can someone get open immediately? Well, the one guy they have that has been doing it consistently is Diggs. But they'll move digs in the slot when they want to get that action. Well, then teams can crowd the interior of the field. Well, you bring back a Cole Beasley, and I'm not saying that he'll have an immediate role, but maybe he can help an Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe he can help a Khalil Shakur understand how you get open on those option routes very fast in this league and then get upfield to kind of steal those extra yards. I felt like every time the Bills sat on second and 10 in 2020 and 2021, Cole Beasley gets you seven yards. Mm -hmm. Now you have a manageable third and three. And I think Cole can be an asset to this team. And, you know, I hope there's not too much, um, you know, kind of backlash towards him in the way he handled the the vaccine and the pandemic. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think it helps to put Isaiah McKenzie maybe back more into a gadget role. I think we're going to see some of those plays as well. I got you for about 45 seconds to a minute here, and I want to close on this. Biggest threat to the Bills in the AFC, who is it? Is it Cincy, Kansas City, Miami? Who you got there? To me, it still looks like, you know, the Kansas City, and then and then to me, number two is Cincinnati. They're the team with Joe Burrow that got to the Super Bowl out of the AFC last year. They seem to have Kansas City's number. Yeah. That matchup on January 2nd, back in my hometown of Cincinnati, oh. on Monday Night Football is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think that Bengals' defensive line has been an X factor and, and kind of the uh, – you know, what the Bills were looking for out of Von Miller and adding him into the mix where you can get pressure on the home with a four-man rush. 
And so that has helped Cincinnati on the defensive side of the ball, especially with Reader back on the inside. No doubt. Former Pro Bowl center for the Bills, a radio color commentator on the Buffalo Bills radio network. His podcast, go get it, download, subscribe to What's Next with Eric Wood and the new book, online where books are sold, nearby bookstores. It's called Tackle What's Next, Own Your Story, Plus Stack Wins, Plus Achieve Your Goals in Business and Life. It's by Eric Wood, and the forward is by Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. Eric, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Continued success your way, and go Bills. Yeah, likewise, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Go Bills.